The number of cases of the novel coronavirus continue to climb and the disease labeled COVID-19 continues to arrive in new countries and regions. Medical authorities around the world are trying to stem the spread of the disease, but they don't seem to be winning that battle. Climbing along with the number of positive tests is the fear and anxiety around the disease as people race to stores and clear shelves of items like hand sanitizer and canned goods. The struggle to contain COVID-19 is one that is being fought on both a biological and psychological front. I'm Adam Toy. And I'm Dave McIver. And this is Why. On this Thursday night, anxiety mounts over the spread of COVID-19. And we continue to follow the breaking news this morning. Health officials have announced a second presumptive case of the coronavirus. In B.C., in rapid succession, four new cases identified Tuesday. Well, the coronavirus fears, of course, have led as well to empty shelves in many stores. Man, it seems like everywhere we look, it's all novel coronavirus, COVID-19. Yeah, and COVID-19 is even making regular appearances on late-night talk shows. We have no idea how far coronavirus has actually spread in the United States. As of last week, the CDC has tested just under 500 Americans with suspected infections. Other nations have tested patients by tens of thousands. China has probably tested millions. We're so far behind the other nations, it's embarrassing. You know, as of early March 2020, the coronavirus has been reported in 83 countries and one cruise ship. And China shut down entire cities, not allowing their citizens outside in order to prevent the spread of the disease between people. Italy even shut down towns and schools trying to do the same. The Louvre was shuttered to visitors and the London Book Fair, usually drawing 25,000 writers, agents and publishers, was cancelled. The U.S. authorities seem to be chasing the novel coronavirus, with the virus being spread to people who haven't travelled outside the country and deaths being reported in Washington State and California. At the beginning of March, Canada only has about 30 cases, all in Ontario, British Columbia and Quebec. So why has this virus spread so quickly? Dr. Chris Modi is the head of the Department of Microbiology, Immunology and Infectious Diseases at the University of Calgary. A quick note, we spoke with Dr. Modi on Wednesday, March 4th, and the numbers he's reporting of COVID-19 cases were accurate at the time we spoke with him. Dr. Modi, what are the characteristics of the novel coronavirus we're hearing about? Coronaviruses are are, are a family of viruses. Um, And uh, there are specific members of the family that are in humans, but there are also members in the family that are uh, infect cats, bats, dogs, cows, pigs, um, all kinds of different species. And they tend to be unique uh, viruses in each one of those species. In humans, there are seven members, brothers and sisters, in the family, four of them cause the common cold. Three of them cause much more serious disease, and those are SARS, which we had in Toronto in the early 2000s, MERS, which was present in the Middle East uh, in Uh, the early 2010s, and now COVID-19, which is present initially in China and throughout the world. And these are the more serious virus because they're capable of killing people. 
What are the symptoms of someone who gets the disease? Basically, it's fairly similar to what we in the medical field call an influenza-like illness, an ILI. And so that when somebody goes to the hospital and they present with a group of symptoms, we label them ILI, and that triggers a series of investigations. There are some subtle differences between uh, influenza per se and COVID-19. And basically those are that about 80% of people with influenza will present with upper respiratory tract infection. So what we mean by that is runny nose, sore throat, itchy nose, you know, that kind, those kinds of symptoms. And only 20% will present with lower respiratory tract infections, meaning cough, or even pneumonia on a chest X-ray. Exactly the reverse is present for COVID-19. So COVID-19, 80% of people will present with cough, fever, and uh, an abnormal X-ray, whereas 20% or perhaps even less will present with the upper respiratory tract infection of uh, that's similar to influenza. But when an individual patient comes to the doctor, or to the emergency department, we don't know which one it is. So the, the testing is done for both. We first heard about the new coronavirus in early December 2019 in the Wuhan area of Hubei province, China. And that country went on to make unprecedented moves to stop the spread of the disease. Now the disease has spread to more than 80 countries worldwide. What has made COVID-19 so difficult to contain and why has it been able to spread so rapidly? If listeners have been, you know, listening to the news and to the WHO podcasts, they will have encountered the phrases containment and mitigation. So these are technical terms that are used by people in the field. And let me explain those uh, phrases first, and then I'll describe how different respiratory infections um, uh, you know, the strategy for different respiratory infections. Mm-hmm. So containment is basically what you're trying to do is stop the virus in its tracks and put it back into nature. Mitigation is a strategy where you're trying to prevent individual cases transmitting to another and prevent individual cases from occurring. So let me give some color around that. So without talking about COVID-19, containment is what we're trying to do with Ebola virus. If we look at mitigation, now we start thinking about things like influenza, like measles, um, other respiratory uh, viruses. So there is no attempt in the world to stop influenza and to put it back into nature. We know that influenza is going to occur and people are going to get infected with influenza. And so the strategy is actually to try to prevent individual cases. And we do that by asking people if they would be willing to get vaccinated and by 
um, reducing the chance of person-to-person transmission by asking them to wash their hands, not touch their face, and maintain what we call social distancing. So try to stay six feet away from other people in, um, you know, in public places. So there's very different strategies. So if you look at COVID-19 and you say, why is COVID-19 so much more difficult to deal with than influenza? The answer is, well, we're trying to do something completely different for with COVID-19 than we are with influenza. We're trying to stop COVID-19 in its tracks. Whereas influenza, what we're trying to do is prevent individual cases. So the goal is much higher. COVID-19 is affecting people around the world, both by the news of it and in actually catching the disease. But how contagious is the disease? Dr. Modi, if someone is asymptomatic, can they spread COVID-19? On the good side for COVID-19 is the issue of whether or not transmission occurs when people are, don't have symptoms, so-called asymptomatic. So if people can transmit the virus when they're not sick, that makes it much more difficult to know whether or not they're capable of transmitting the virus. So in other words, somebody who's sitting next to you on the bus and does not have a fever, does not have a cough, um, is still capable of transmitting that virus to you. We now know that that happens extraordinarily rarely with COVID-19. People that transmit the COVID-19 virus, they have symptoms. Mm. So that allows us to pursue a strategy where we say, if you have symptoms, Please stay home. So that'll help with containing COVID-19. What's a challenging aspect of the virus? On the negative side of that equation is the issue of what we call attack or transmission rate. Okay. So we've talked already about the fatality rate. This is a different statistic. And what it says is if you look at a population of people and there is one case, Statistically, how many people does that person spread the infection to and they get sick? So if one person gets sick and they spread it to one other person, that's a transmission rate or attack rate of one. Whereas if one person gets sick and they transmit it to, to five people, then the attack rate or transmission rate is five, Mm -hmm. okay? So if you look at seasonal flu, about one person, so the attack rate um, is one. So in seasonal flu, one person will get it and they will spread it to one other person. So unfortunately for COVID-19, that number is around two to three. So that means that one person gets it, they will spread it to two or three other people. And you can see that if you start looking at that and saying, so those two to three people spread it to two or three other people, mm-hmm. right? then it becomes 
much more difficult to contain because it's expanding exponentially. If I put that in perspective, though, and say, so what about some other viruses? The number for measles is around 15. The use of the measles vaccine is what's led to the containment of a disease with such a high transmission rate. If people don't have immunity to measles, they should be vaccinated because that's the way that we actually mitigate against that infection because it has such a high transmission rate. So that's, you know, so that makes COVID-19 more difficult to control than seasonal flu. And when you're trying to pursue a containment strategy, that makes it challenging. Not impossible, but challenging. So COVID-19 can't be spread by people who don't have symptoms, but it spreads wider than the common cold. Dr. Modi, how would you grade the worldwide response to the novel coronavirus? The response in China has been unprecedented. They have affected public health measures, successful public health measures that have never been done before in mankind. History would have told us that those public health measures that they implemented at the start of the COVID-19 outbreak would be unsuccessful. That absolutely has proven to be not true. China has contained this infection. The number of cases has dropped steadily since uh, towards the end of January. Exactly the opposite is present in the rest of the world. And looking at my screen here in front of me that shows real-time data for COVID-19 all over the world, we are now at 94,250 cases in the world. And the number of cases outside China has grown steadily to, looks like it's somewhere around 18,000 now. So um, basically China has, if they continue, as long as the virus doesn't change or anything, they have basically uh, dealt with the problem. In the rest of the world, it becomes a much greater problem and cases are growing exponentially. You know, this is troublesome, but um, the Chinese experience and the Chinese data shows that it is capable, it is possible to contain this, pri- uh, this, this virus but we probably need to do what they've done. So it sounds like you're expecting that we will hear more cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. and in Canada in the coming months. Yes. Dr. Modi, when can we expect a vaccine to be ready for COVID-19? Right. So this is a very active area of research. Um, I think there are now uh, 20 or more Uh, vaccines that are in various stages of development. That's important because we don't know what the very best target for COVID-19 is going to be and various different vaccines are capable of producing side effects that are unwanted. Um, So it's really important to have a very broad pipeline for vaccines. But that also says that Um, You've got to do all the safety trials, efficacy trials, and then actually real-world in-the-field trials to know that they work before you can release them. So if we work at, 
light speed, um, it's going to be a year or more before we actually have a vaccine. Until the vaccine is ready for the public, what can we do to prevent spreading or catching this coronavirus? Number one, wash your hands or use hand sanitizer. We know that those things are effective. Wash your hands or hand sanitizer after every public surface that you touch. Number two, don't touch your face, your nose, your eyes. In fact, somebody said to me the other day that the major benefit of wearing a mask is actually so you don't touch your face. I mean, it's kind of sad that that's the case, but it's true. I mean, human nature is to scratch your nose or touch your face in some way, right? The third is um, maintain what we call social distancing. Stay six feet away from uh, uh, other people in public spaces. In terms of a mask, you know, if you're in a place and um, somebody is coughing right next to you, the best thing to do probably is to move. If that's not possible, then perhaps a mask is worth using. Um, the unfortunate thing is that masks only last 15 or 20 minutes, and so use them sparingly. Um, and really, the truth is that if you've got a mask in your pocket, you're probably better off to offer it to the person who's doing the coughing. That will protect you more you know, than putting it on yourself, but that might not be socially acceptable to many. Your local health authorities will also have coronavirus information relevant to your region or province. On March 4th, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau created a cabinet committee to deal with the virus outbreak, including the Deputy Prime Minister and Ministers of Health, Public Safety, Industry, Finance, Employment and Economic Development. The committee is charged with complementing the work being done by the government's incident response group. If all that has you feeling a little anxious, if you've noticed that maybe your hands are clenched or your jaws tight, your breathing is shallow and quick, that's another effect of the novel coronavirus outbreak, anxiety and stress. Next time on This Is Why, we look at the psychological battleground that's part and parcel of the COVID-19 outbreaks and all outbreaks of infectious diseases with UBC's Dr. Stephen Taylor. People typically think of pandemics as being biological events, but really they're psychological because uh, the behaviour of people influences how um, viruses are spread and how they're contained. And of course, you've got people's emotional uh, and other reactions to pandemics. This Is Why is produced by me, Dave McIver, and Adam Toy. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can reach us by email at thisiswhy at globalnews.ca and on Twitter at thisiswhy. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to This Is Why so you never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a week.